Don't ask me to talk. Connection through conversation. Join self-described conversationalist Stacy Heller as she talks with guests about topics and ideas from the ridiculous to the sublime on Don't Ask Me to Talk. Now, here's your host, Stacy Heller. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Don't Ask Me to Talk, a reminder that if you can't listen live each week, then you can find Don't Ask Me to Talk wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also text D-A-M-T-T to 55678, and you will get all the podcast details that you want. You can also connect with me uh, if you've got a comment or a question or, I don't know, maybe you want to yell at me. Uh, The number is 425-373-5527. You can also find me through my website, stacyconnects.com. Disclaimer, it's under construction, and it's going to be amazing. I was literally working on it earlier today um, and ignoring all my other work I might add. Okay, so my guest today is Dr. DeAnthony Smith. Hello. I'm not talking. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I I do the talking. I was told Joe was going to be here. Oh, well. I'm not talking to I see Joe Rogan. I'm sorry, but like he, there would have to be a disclaimer anyway. What's that? Well, now that he's doing his uh, with his podcast uh-huh. and all of these uh, artists okay. are pulling their music from Spotify, uh-huh. that means that Spotify has said, okay, we hear you. So we'll now put a disclaimer in uh, before podcasts that may have misinformation about vaccines. Got you. Okay. So with that being said, okay, I'll let it be there. Thank you. And I am not Joe Rogan yet. Not that I want to be Joe Rogan. You're on your way. But I want to be, oh, I said but. I was just talking about this. I'm not Joe Rogan, and I don't want to be him specifically. Mm. However, having people listen to your ideas and putting good out into the world, that would be something that I would aspire to. Understandable. Completely. Agree. So, so anyway, um, first I want to make sure that I say happy birthday to Uncle Ted. Weirdly, my kids think of him as Farmer Ted. He lives in upstate New York and has uh, lives on property that has like farmland and he does not work the farmland, although their gardens are beautiful. Um, but they're, I'm assuming that it's still there. There used to be a barn on the property and the kids thought it was really cool and they were like, wow, you have an uncle who's a farmer. I'm like, yeah, okay. Um, so anyway, happy birthday, Uncle Ted. Uh, Mom and Diane are listening. Lee is hanging out with her family, so she's essentially dead to me. Um world right like what do they say on project runway like you're in one week and you're out the next yeah it's just how it goes um last week i recorded from veranda beach so uh anthony we have this house that we bought so some Uh people got a pandemic puppy or cat we got a lake house um it was a deal right anytime you're welcome uh you and tambra you can go hang out at the lake you'll love it noted yeah, absolutely. You can electric bike. You can kayak yeah, to that's Canada. Not that's not happening. But I will go watch. Look, look at the nice water, though. Perfect. Great. You can sit <laughs> in a chair and you can just look out at the view. So Canada is a mile as the crow flies from this house. And okay. so it was cold. However, it was gorgeous. And um, recording went well. There were some glitches. So 
now I'm going to have to have Eric come to Veranda Beach so that he can optimize my recording space <laughs> so I can spend all summer there. You'll have so much fun. You can bring your girlfriend. Sounds like a good time. Perfect. See, look at I so convincing. Um, I did get while I was there. There's a little store that I go into. It's called the local granola or something. Mm. It's no, is that literally the name or is that your no, kind of vague description? No, of I think I'm pretty sure it's called the local granola. Or something. Oh, not that or something okay. I yeah, that's because <laughs> every time you say the name of this place, it's you or add something. the or something. Yeah. So I thought, oh, you know, so some people have fun with their business names. So right. I thought maybe Yeah, it yeah. is not. That is my take on it. Gotcha. And um so this this place has all the things that you would expect from the local granola or something. Mm-hmm. And including these antler lamps. Well, naturally I had to have one. I mean, the animal's already gone. God rest its soul. And these antlers, you know, there there was a whole bunch and this it was art. It looked like wood that had been carved and it made the base of the lamp and he hollowed out the inside of the antler so that uh, the, we, we talking deer, elk, right. moose. I'm thinking it's got to be deer. Okay. Based on the number of times I've almost hit one. <laughs> and I don't know are are moose out here? Well, it, it just because they're not out here doesn't mean you can't get moose antlers. Oh, right. Right, right, right. You could import. Yes. <laughs> Amazon probably has one. <laughs> and barge them down from Alaska. Right, know, exactly. Um, anyway, my antler uh, lamp is amazing. So I'm very excited about that. It is definitely not like a hunting type cottage. However, it just felt like it needed it. So, yeah. Anyway. And uh, the lake is frozen, and I walked out on water, which does not make me Jesus. Uh, it makes me an idiot because I noticed as I walked down the beach that there were parts of the lake that were not, in fact, frozen. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. Eh, what could happen? Okay. Next thing, T-Post. Now, T-Post is this really cool thing that I found out about. It's a subscription, like a magazine subscription. And I am obsessed with this idea and will end up stealing it in some way, shape, or form. So it's this concept that started with this guy um, from the UK, and you subscribe, and every month you get a T-shirt. Yeah, it's really cool. And on the inside of the T-shirt, I'm showing it. Of course, nobody can see what I'm doing right now. Um, On the inside, there's a full article that is printed on the inside of the T-shirt. And so when it arrives in the mail, it arrives all neatly folded, and it tells a story. And then on the outside, there is art that has been designed by somebody in collaboration with, or maybe even the person that wrote the article. Oh, that's nice. That's nice, right? Right? Right. I am like, this is brilliant as swag. Like, you want to tell somebody your story or you have a message, putting the story on the inside and then having the graphic on the outside, it's really cool. Yeah, and if you're feeling lazy, you can just uh, flip it inside out, and you got a brand new shirt for the next day. Right? I was thinking the same <laughs> thing. You just pick it up and go. There's nothing That's right. about it. Just run with it. Right. And, you know. Spend the night somewhere unexpected. you got to change your clothes for the next day. Brilliant. Here, I'll toss it to you so you can take a look yeah, at it. Sure. It's super, super cool. And so you essentially get uh, 12. You can pick whatever size shirt you want. Mm-hmm. I went with XL because I was like, it can be a night shirt. It could be 
a dress with a belt if I lose half my body weight. It could be, um, you know, I can give it away. Um, but it's good quality. And it's this, this one happens to be about um, the Grand Prix um, mm. and like the Suez Canal talking about how um, when things get stuck in the Suez Canal, how that impacts like the rest of the world. Right. So anyway... Not sponsored, but like honestly, T Post would totally be willing to be sponsored. I mean, just like reach out. Um, okay. Next, I am going to have my Staceyism. My Staceyism is this. Okay, D'Anthony, do you know what I do with my Staceyisms? No, this is the first time I've ever heard of this. Okay, so basically, what I do is I have all of these sayings or these bits of wisdom. Mm. And uh, I've probably heard it from someone else and completely just like tweaked it enough that I can call it my own. Um, So today's is this. The most effective way to do something is to do it. Which sounds obvious, except when it's not. Mm. I am thinking about like the website and how I've been working on that. And how much I ruminate on things and how much I think about it. Or, you know, I want to write a book someday or I want to be big, really big, a star. You can't do those things if you don't do it. And how simple that is. And that all of the thinking and the plotting and the notes and then the crossing out and then the redoing and whatever. Um, You know, this morning as I was ignoring all of the things that I had to do because I was working on my website, um, which doesn't pay me, however, client work totally pays me, um, I realized I need to just do this stuff. Mm. And I I do so much of it mentally that I am, I forget the follow-through of then doing it. So it's a reminder to myself. I think it's an ADHD thing a little bit too. It's the kid that, like, they did the homework and then they didn't turn it in. And, like, you know, the mom's like, why didn't you turn in your homework? Oh, well, I mean, I did it. So thinking about things doesn't get them done. So I'm putting it out there that a reminder, the best way to do something is to actually do it. Okay. Well, when we uh, come back, I am going to share some of the ways that Dr. Anthony Smith and I are the same person. The sound of it. Right? Okay. All right. So um, keep listening. We'll be right back with Don't Ask Me to Talk and my guest, Dr. DeAnthony Smith. Don't Ask Me to Talk. Hi, I'm J.D.K. Winnikin, host of This Show Is All About You. If you're like me, you seek many things in your life. Adventure, meaning, belonging, you have dreams and you want fun, and of course, you want love. And we also want other people to join us along the path. But what happens when you don't know how to have all that or where to start? Well, join me every week to learn more about how, because I am just like you. So join me each week here on KKNW for This Show Is All About You, a show about how you and me become we and what that means for all of us. And be sure to visit my website, wordsbyjdk.com. 
Whether it's fly fishing or French pastry, we all have something that makes our tail wag. Involuntary and instinctive, it's sparked by excitement, inspired by purpose, and it speaks to who we are. I'm Stacy Heller of Stacy Connects. I lead clients to the place that makes their tail wag. As a creative director, I bring ideas to life. As a podcast producer, I give ideas a voice. Stacy Connects. It's my superpower. If you want to connect with me, Stacy Heller, go to stacyconnects.com. Feelings of disconnect are the cause of an ever-surging mental health crisis. Many of us feel apathetic about ourselves, our work, home, and relationships. We don't know how to re-engage. I'm Greg Kuyper of Kuyper Counseling. At the Root focuses on emotional connection and how awareness is at the root of building healthy relationships with self and others. Join me weekly to re-engage with both. At the Root airs Mondays at 3.30 p.m. here on KKNW. Subscribe to the podcast or go to Kuyper Counseling. Alternative Talk 1150, local talk for the body, mind, and soul. Don't ask me to talk. Welcome back to the show. I have as my guest today, Dr. DeAnthony Smith, and I am so excited about this. And in trying to think of ways that we are in common, I looked back on my 23 and me that according to it says that I have the muscle composition that is common in elite athletes. I'm going to let you live with that one. I like that. <laughs> 23 and me got you feeling great right now. I'm not mad at you. Right? <laughs> I mean, it also told me that I'm more likely to think that cilantro tastes like soap that more likely to have red hair, I do. That I'm more likely to have a really big, big toe, I do. Um, you know, like it told me a whole bunch of things. And you know I had a good chuckle over the fact that I supposedly have similar muscle composition to that of an elite athlete. So Look, take take what you want and run with it. We don't need to look at the rest. I, I appreciate that. So the reason that I'm sharing this, and honestly... Um, People have multiple stories, and DeAnthony has multiple stories. And so he could be on this show multiple times, and hopefully will be. Um, today, we're not going to talk about this story, but it's worth noting that the man is, was, an elite athlete. How, like, the, what's the tense of that? Oh, it's, it's what you want to take it as. Um, right now, I'm happy with former athlete. I am a Super Bowl champion, Seattle Seahawks. Turn licensed mental health counselor, now working at the PTSD Institute in Seattle, Washington, where we are hosting a free online Zoom session with um, people in the Seattle area. So if you feel free, go to the website. Yeah, it's, um, I think I was working on the Small artwork plug. for that. <laughs> so, so that's why the whole uh, elite athlete thing. Uh-huh. So, you know, I apparently. I have the muscle composition of a Super Bowl winner. Take it. Mm-hmm. Yep. So um, so we'll just leave that there. So that is one part of your life and a big part of your life. Yeah. And and exciting in some ways, difficult, requires discipline. I'm sure that, you know, this has been since childhood. You don't just suddenly, like, step onto the field mm-hmm. uh, one day. Unless you're that guy in that movie with Mark Wahlberg. From the Eagles. What was that movie? I know what you're talking about. He did like a tryout thing. Kind of yeah. like Rudy. 
Yeah, kind of like Rudy, yeah. Uh So typically, that doesn't happen. That's the stuff of movies. Um, So you have a whole nother chapter. Indeed. Like, your book is still being written. And so tell me about making that shift. And, you know, that's not something that you suddenly, like, now I'm a doctor. So there was obviously some seed planting that happened. Mm Mm-hmm while you were doing this? Indeed. Um, first things first, it, it went all the way back to my rookie year. I initially got injured, and luckily for me, I had a GM in Gene Smith that let me know that, hey, there's life after football. For me at that time, all I thought was football, so he was like, hey, you need to really get to some way, figure it out. Mm-hmm. And for me, I said, okay, I want to go back to school. I kind of had this understanding of wanting to help people with their emotions and stuff like this at a young age. And that was primarily due to the fact that I didn't know or understand emotions for myself. Uh-huh. So um, I kid you not, this is probably like two months ago. The word insecurity hit home to me. And I was like, oh, I think I deal with that. And so <laughs> I have this thing that I, I actually have said this to um, Dr. Rich Adler. And I said to him one time about ego. And I said, I think that ego is equal parts vanity and insecurity Mm -hmm. it's like thinking that you're all that in a bag of chips and thinking that you're not even worthy to be a bag of chips all day and right right. and for me i grew up oh my gosh a wrestling fan so you saw the personas on back in the day oh my gosh eric stone cold steve austin the uh, rock? I remember him, yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, The Rock before he was uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, yes. before he was just The Rock, before he became exactly. Dwayne. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back yeah. when you could smell what he was cooking. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you can't see him. <laughs> That's John Cena, but yes. <laughs> yes. Anyway. So I could see that, and I was like, okay, that's what I want to be. So I was a wrestler in my mind. Or I put off the facade as if I was a wrestler. When deep down inside, I was insecure like every other adolescent at the time. Interesting. So um, it's an interesting thing because athletes, it seems to me that you've got to keep your emotions in check, right? You can't be like, on the one hand, you want emotion to work for you, right? Like I think about, uh, I don't know, a tennis match where Mm -hmm. you're like, "Mm, I'm going to make it happen. And you've got to like dig deep to like use emotion, um, for purposes of winning. Then there's like the upset side where, you know, something happened or you don't love your teammates or your coach is a jerk or whatever. You had a fight with your wife. I don't know. And you then have to bottle up all that emotion. So you've got that side. And again, I'm making massive assumptions, which Mm. I know you'll fix in a minute. And then additionally, you're a guy. There, I yeah. said it. I'm uh-huh. making two really broad statements. I just think that um, people in general are not encouraged to talk about their feelings. I think men, it is even more so modeled to not talk about your feelings. All day. And I, you pretty much hit the nail on the head with that. Um, as men, as boys, we're taught men don't cry. Don't cry. So you hold it in. But I'm, last time I checked, you saw a lot of grown men crying when the Cowboys lost a couple weeks ago. <laughs> They had nothing to do with that game other than pure love for the Cowboys. Yeah. Crying. Yeah. That's an emotion. It is. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> But isn't it funny that I, I would say that isn't it funny that people seem to be able to access and identify negative emotions 
and are not, interestingly, as comfortable with, let's call them positive emotions. Mm-hmm. Agreed. It has to be the right situation. The Cowboys lost. An athlete gets injured. Mm-hmm. It took an athlete to get injured for somebody to, quote unquote, gain, gain empathy for that athlete. Mm-hmm. Up until that point, it's that's a million-dollar machine running out there. Right. And then once there's an injury occur, everybody wants to pray. Right. That person was that athlete was a person before the injury. Right. But it's like, uh-huh. but people are viewed or athletes are viewed as commodity. Like, All yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, we just saw that with Quandre Diggs. The guy was due for an $80 million plus contract. Now it's like, what is he going to do for us next year? Right. Is he coming back? Uh, we'll see. What are we going to give him? So hopefully the Seattle hopeful keep him ready to go for next year, but we'll see. Yeah. Well, isn't it? It's it then speaks to the whole investing then in the mental health of your players. And it sounds like your first GM actually was willing to a invest in you by having the conversation and was also it's the whole like, you know, do you teach someone to fish or give them fish? Right. And so it sounds like he was like, let me teach you how to fish. Yes. And like you said, he he laid that first seed. Then I got to uh, work with John Snyder up here in Pete. Those two really pushed me to that next level. I got to work with people like Maurice Kelly and Bahati Van Pelt. Those are the player development guys for the Jaguars and, of course, up here in Seattle. Mm -hmm. They really said, hey, go after this because no one else in the league is doing it right now. Nobody else in the game is doing it right now. Um, I do have a big mentor, big brother out there in uh, North Carolina right now by the name of Dwight Hoyler. He's like the first one to do it, a pioneer for mental health. So I saw his blueprint and I said I want to take it to the next level and help athletes across the nation. That's amazing. So you are a doctor of education? Yes. Uh-huh. So, you know, you you have this moving on. So there must be, to a certain degree, uh, talk about emotion, a mourning process that you go through from this life, right, that you have that of an elite athlete. Mm-hmm. It's a whole life. You know, it's like I have this vision that you like show up and there's your workout clothes and you've got your locker and you just throw stuff in the hamper. It is not like married life where pick up your own darn socks. Um, and then all of a sudden it's, you know, you're not doing that. You don't know what your days hold. You've got to figure it out yourself. No one's telling you. So there's got to be oh. a mourning process and major emotion with that. Indeed. Um, it took a while. I'm not going to lie. It took a while. I was still used to getting up at 430, 5 o'clock to prepare for a Tuesday, Thursday practice or Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday practice. And things changed up. It's like, oh, wait, I don't have to go to practice anymore. Mm-hmm. But I still ate the same. <laughs> so the stomach would get big. But wait a minute. I'm not progressing like I thought I would. Oh, my gosh. Is that my problem, too? <laughs> <laughs> That's that retired life. I was like, oh, wait, <laughs> hold on. This isn't normal. Right. And so for me, I had to take a step back and say, oh, wait. You're not a professional athlete anymore, but you still view yourself as a boss. And that's one of the best things with uh, Dr. Adler over at the PTSD Institute. He'll, he allows me to still be what I want to be, which is a boss. Mm-hmm. And so as a boss, you have to carry yourself as one. And being able to present yourself and walk and carry in health, mm-hmm. biggest one, of course, m- emotional health now, is like those two worlds come together and you have to be that model for the people that you want to work with. Absolutely. And, you know, the the PTSD Institute. I mean, so um, obviously post-traumatic stress disorder, or maybe it's not obvious. Um, And this is something that Dr. Adler is passionate about, you're passionate about, and recognizing that 
PTSD, it can be uh, from something that has happened. It could be in childhood. It could be some kind of, um, you know, violence uh, done mm-hmm. against you. It can also be, I don't know, like, uh, and this is actually a question. Um, I don't know, getting concussed like a bajillion oh. times as a football player. Yes. Um, a lot of athletes don't know that, but they, they've went through a form of PTSD and dealing with injuries altogether. Um, whether it's the idea you don't, you're afraid to get back on the field. You're seeing flashbacks of a hit. You watch that video, you, that, or should I say film, you've seen it over and over. So you're thinking about that every time you step into that arena. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of guys get injured and they think, what if this happens again? And so is it my career, right. my livelihood? Things of that nature start to pop into your head. And there's no way you could perform when you're thinking. So Right. Well, and then that goes back to the whole emotion thing, right? Mm-hmm. So harnessing the emotion when it's convenient and then... Um, bottling it up when mm-hmm. it's not. And I like how you're saying harness, but if we can get athletes to just accept mm-hmm. those emotions, they see it, they're aware of it, but uh, I still have to do what I have to do. I, I, right. I have to play the game that I love. You know, uh, my <laughs> my family's up there in the stands. They come to see a show. I have to put on for my family. So understanding that, it helps kind of deal with some of those emotions. For me, it did at least. Well, and, you know, because of my vast uh, football knowledge, <laughs> uh, I think about, um, so what you don't know about me, D'Anthony, is that I take seemingly completely random bits and try to then make sense of real life using it. So I think of Jerry Maguire, right? Mm-hmm. And I think about when, you know, Rod takes a hit on the field and his wife is freaking out, his family's freaking out, like... He hasn't, like, signed yet, doesn't know what's happening, and, you know, yes, it makes for a great movie. However, I know that when I walked out of the movie, it gave me pause to think, holy cow. I mean, like, it it takes a lot to have somebody lose their job these days. Like, the paper trail, the number of times you have to be written up, mm-hmm. you know, like, for a fireable offense, like, there's all these things. If you're an elite athlete playing at that level, like an injury and bam. Yes, the injury, the month of August. That's what we call it, the month of August. Playing a numbers game. You're like, wait a minute, I'm sitting second on a depth chart, so technically I'm on the team. And then the next day you come in, you're at the bottom of it. You're like, whoa, what happened? That sends your head into a downward spiral quickly. And so really sitting back and saying, oh, this is bigger than me, meaning my family, was big for me. Mm-hmm. My, um, I thought every injury, I thought it was just on me. Right. Uh, I didn't know that my wife had to deal with the stress that I was going through. I didn't know I was throwing it off, but she did. Yeah, <laughs> uh, she did. Mom, dad, sad at home because their baby is hurt. I didn't know it affected them. I thought it was just me. So really gaining a better understanding of how I affected others, or should I say my lack of performance affected others, my injuries affected others, was big for me to see and well, and how do you learn to allow yourself the grace to be human? Mm-hmm. Um, I read something earlier today that uh, Pope Benedict said, which is that perfection is not meant for this life. Uh, it never was meant to be for mm-hmm. this life. That it is for later on. And yet you feel like you need to do everything perfect. Mm-hmm. And so how do you give yourself the grace then with the emotional awareness to 
like have those conversations. True story. It takes time. It takes time. And you go through a whole flood of different emotions. Uh, you go from hating the NFL to resenting it to, wait, you're like, oh, okay, it wasn't really that bad. I had it better off than some people. Right. And so for me, it, it took a while, but I always had support there, and I never knew I had it. And so once I realized that support was there for me, whether I was an athlete or not, that's when things really started to take off for me. And that idea of trusting people. Um, Stacey Heller, she's a great person. Go talk to her. I'm like, what? I'm not talking to podcast people. <laughs> for what? He was like, just go try it. And I said, okay. Got to meet you, and look where I'm at today. Yeah, well, I, I mean— I think we can all agree, at least the three of us in this room, I am a great person. Not bad. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, trying to think happy thoughts. Um, well, and, okay, so you're doing school this whole time. And do you do that then in the off season? Are you multitasking? Like, how does that work? Oh, thank God for online. Just that simple. <laughs> Uh, for me, I was finding schools that had, quote, unquote, reputable names. Yeah. And I wanted to make sure that I'm like, okay, I'm doing something. I'm, 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 pro- I'm being progressive as opposed to being productive. Okay. For me, I'm moving forward. And that was all about, and that's what the biggest thing I took at heart, should I say. Um, again, I asked you this earlier, but <laughs> um, so Peyton Manning did a really funny bit on SNL this weekend. Mm-hmm. Eric, did you see it by any chance? I did. It was funny, right? And yeah. He was asked about the games over the weekend, and instead he was raving about Emily in Paris season two. Mm-hmm. And he talked about how you might think that the him or her going after Alfie is like a junk play or something um, or a throwaway, but how at least it's forward progression. Mm-hmm. And like all of these, he was using all these football terms. And I was like, that's brilliant. It turns out he didn't write it. It was written for him, which is not surprising. But it was so well done. Mm-hmm. So it's so interesting to see yeah. how, like, that language is still so much a part of, you know, right. having that forward progression and mm-hmm. and that growth so that you could, in tandem, do these things. Now, teammates, like, what's the reaction? Like, <laughs> you know, hey, nerd. <laughs> Never that. I got a couple stares every now and then on Tuesday mornings when I was actually reading a book. But other than that, it was it was welcoming, you know. Michael Bennett, of all people, really embraced the fact that I was going back to school. Cliff Averill, Big Dogs, Red Bryant, Brandon Mebang, that whole older crew nice. was really supportive of me doing something other than football at that time. So it was fun. That's awesome. Well, and and having that, like, you get to to do something other than what is stereotypically maybe the what retirement looks like, mm-hmm. right? You know, if you're at a certain level, then like you can maybe be a commentator or you can be a speaker or right. you could be, you know, own a used car salesman lot or whatever. Um, you know, you yes. basically get to choose your own adventure and uh-huh. you did. Right. And I kid you not, one of my biggest goals to this day is to stand on a uh, Seattle Seahawks sideline as a doctor and not a player. So I'm still working for that one. We're going to get there. Yeah, you are. Like we're manifesting it right here. Indeed. So, um, <laughs> Do teams have mental health professionals that are doing the level and depth of work that you feel like? So now you're on both sides, right? Mm-hmm. So as a former player and as a professional, yeah. what do you think? 
Yes, flat out, yes. The NFL made it a pretty much rule that every 30, all 32 teams had to have a practicing licensed practitioner on their staff in some way, of, um, some way, shape, form, or fashion. And so I know they're there, but... Are that the- was my next question. <laughs> that was totally my... I know exactly what you were going to say. It right. reminds me of, you know, so great, you've got the resource. Mm-hmm. Is anybody using mm-hmm. said resources? It, uh, how can I... Ooh, ooh. Protect the shield at all costs. Um, (laughs) (laughs) How can I put this? I know they're there. We know they're there, should I say. But who are they reporting to? Right. And if they're reporting to management, if I even think that, it's not going to happen. I'm not going to talk to that person. Oh, yeah. Right. I didn't even think about that. Mm -hmm. Like that, you know, there's that real trust of do you really think that it's between you and this, you know, it's like confession, right? You know, like, come on. Yeah. Like, paid? <laughs> right. And, you know, and the whole, you're right. When you go to a counselor, are you really going to like say it all? If you want to get the most bang for your buck, yes. Mm-hmm. However, that trust, wow, I didn't think about that. Yes. That you're worried about that if this gets to the higher ups, what are they going to say? Exactly. And so Tuesdays are primarily our off days. During the season, you see a lot of guys going to their off people, off sites. <laughs> and right. It wouldn't shock me if psychologists and counselors are in that group. Interesting. They should do what, uh, here I am with an idea again. Uh, <laughs> Microsoft does a thing where you can like go to the pro club mm-hmm. and, you know, they pay for it or whatever. Um, or if you don't want to join the pro club, then you can get like a stipend with your own independent person. Okay. They should do something similar where like, okay, here's a resource. And if you want, you know, here's a list of people that we can recommend or something. Right. And if there was any place for that to happen, it'd probably definitely be up here with Schneider and Pete. Those two are big on a, when it comes well. Pete was doing positivity and all that before it was big. Him and I, mindfulness with uh, Gervais. So yeah. Once it, to, I think the clinical stuff needs to be separate, but that type of stuff can definitely be handled in-house. Um, the clinical stuff on the most part. I'm pretty, I'm no, I'm pretty sure. I'm more than sure that they will go out and make sure that you're doing that. Yeah. Well, and that's such an important thing is that, um, you know, it, it doesn't have to do with necessarily the traumas that we have with like, you know, playing ball or your team or whatever. I mean, so many of us are like, oh, there was that time that, you know, my brother called me ugly and that like now completely affected my you know, ability to see myself and now I've got body dysmorphia Mm -hmm. and, you know, these kinds of things. And I'm not making light of it. I'm just saying that all of us have something. And so if you don't want to have to deal with it later, then dealing with it um, while you're doing whatever your profession is, is is a good thing. Indeed. So much to talk about. All right. Let's take another break. And then when we come back, I want to hear more about what PTSD is offering folks. Okay. All right. Keep listening to Don't Ask Me to Talk. Are you stuck in a creative straitjacket going crazy trying to find a different way out? Exhausted from trying to make old ideas feel fresh? 
And Relevant Popcorn and Noodle is a boutique agency that specializes in popcorning new ideas and noodling on existing ones for entrepreneurs and small businesses. Whether it's ideas about what to name a new venture, how to promote your services, or which direction to consider next, Popcorn and Noodle serves ideas that pop and stick. Don't go crazy. Go to popcornandnoodleideas.com. Creative solutions serve daily. Stacy Heller is many things. Entertaining, yet enlightening. She's a talk show host channeling her inner Fallon. Like Winston Wolf, she's a fixer who gets things done with style. Practical, like Dr. Ruth. Stacy isn't afraid of the uncomfortable when searching for answers. She's your biggest fan and sees your potential before you do. Most of all, Stacy Heller is a synapse who can connect impulses and ideas about your business and yourself into possibility. To connect with Stacy, go to stacyconnects.com. Stacy Connects, it's her superpower. Tell your friends about Alternative Talk 1150. Don't ask me to talk. Welcome back to Don't Ask Me to Talk. I am joined today by Dr. D'Anthony Smith. We have been talking about mental health, about the mourning process that you go through when you switch gears. Indeed. And, you know, for some people, um, it may be, you know, an and. You've got multiple careers. There are people that, you know, like, I think I'll do this now. For some people, it's a uh, midlife crisis. For some people, it's maybe an awakening. Like, I'll call mine an awakening. I don't know. I, you know, I stayed at home with the kids for years and years and years. I knew that I wasn't happy doing just that. And then mm-hmm. I had more to say and more to offer. I just didn't know what avenue to take. And, um, you know, I, I didn't have a mentor that said, you know, hey, you should do this. Right. I will say that my mother has been telling me for years to write a book. I just thought that that was her way of politely telling me to be quiet. <laughs> That would have been read a book. Well, I here's the thing. I did read, and then I wanted to tell her all about it. And so I would, like, chase her around the house trying to tell her all about the book. And she was like, I do not need that level of detail. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of trauma, um, <laughs> so what attracted you to working with Dr. Adler and the PTSD Institute? You know, you have all these different avenues that you can take. What is it about this one that felt right? It started with Dr. Adler. First things first, he is the definition of professionalism. And for me, trying to step into a new lane in life, I'm like, what better way to follow the man that's doing it? Mm-hmm. And so with him, Harvard grad, all of that, I'm like, oh, I'm not going to Harvard. But um, <laughs> I would gladly try to sit here and soak up as much knowledge as possible. So with him, it was like, whoa, pump your brakes got to learn a little bit, sit mm-hmm. back. And so for me, had that go, go, go mentality was a little hard for me. I'm like, okay, you asked for this, so sit here and enjoy the process. And so it's been like that for about four to five months now, mm-hmm. and it's been great ever since, just making it. Yeah, he's uh, he's this interesting mix of he uh, is able to see the forest <laughs> and, like, that bigger picture yes. uh-huh. and can simultaneously – also um see 
the branches, the leaves, the whole thing, and like what needs to be done in order to have that vision happen. Right. He was actually the first person to tell me that I was the first NFL player to have a mental health doctorate. And I didn't even think, I wasn't even thinking like that. I was just like, I just want to go. He was like, you're, you're the first one to have this. And I was like, really? Is this on your Wikipedia page? Look, I told you, I just retired technically on Wikipedia two weeks ago. I didn't even know about this. I love this. Before the show, we were talking about this. And and Anthony was sharing that, you know, like, um, I said I found out that you were born in Germany because mm-hmm. I I really don't research guests at all. But I was kind of like, all right, I feel like I need to know, like, where were you born? Who'd you play for? And even that, I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. Um and what you do. I know right. what you do now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I knew you had a Wikipedia page. You didn't know about it until someone told you. Right. And then you found out that it now says that you're retired. Once again, like I got drafted. Didn't know someone created it for me. Went through my whole uh, professional career. I looked at it from time to time just to see well, about of course. updates. Of course. It's only right. I mean, when I look up my name, I find my engagement announcement uh-huh. from uh, it'll be 30 years in June. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Early but day. I'm like, really? Like, <laughs> all right. I mean, that is a big deal these days. Mm-hmm. 30 years. Like, uh-huh. okay. Um, so I think with Wikipedia, you can update it. So right. I feel like uh, Rich would be good about this. Mm-hmm. Like, have Zara update Wikipedia so you don't <laughs> feel like you're being self-serving. Right. It should reflect that, like, that's a big deal to have transitioned Mm -hmm. from playing football at that level to pursuing simultaneously a degree to actually following through and and doing this and you need a new picture (laughs) all day uh for me it was just like okay whoever came up with this originally can figure out this other information and so i just been going along with it like that seeing if it would change and all right well if you're listening out there (laughs) Please update. It probably um, changed. <laughs> well, there you go. So it makes sense, the passion that uh, that Rich has for mm-hmm. uh, mental health. He is a clinical and uh, psychiatric um, psychiatrist, mm-hmm. and he's been in practice not even forever. It's five ever. It's been so long. Um, right? It's been a minute. It's yeah. been a minute. And he's the man- for that one, but yeah. Well, I mean- <laughs> It's because he's lived multiple lives, clearly. Um, And he knows his stuff. And he knows people. Mm -hmm. And so the fact that he recognized something and that, you know, you modeling emotional health and mental health and wanting to talk about it Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, and you bring in a whole different vibe for people. So... You know, and it's not just the like, oh, hey, you know, quit freaking call beacon. Right. (laughs) Like you're not just a face like, you know, your stuff like you want to get into it with people and really help them. And that's that identity piece that I'm building with Dr. Richard. Um, First things first, when I first met him, he was like, you can't be in this game and not actually have a counselor or somebody to work with. And that was one of the first things I'm like. Why do I need a counselor? I'm a counselor. What are you talking about? Right. Well, I mean, I you got can't one. really heal thyself, <laughs> even though it's heal thyself. Right. And I kid you not, 
I got one, and I said, oh, it made so much sense to me. Now. Keep in mind, people had told me this previously, but it just made more sense when he told me. You were ready to hear it. Indeed. <laughs> so that's how that goes. Okay, and so uh, what piece have you carved out for yourself with this? In regards to the counseling? In regards to the counseling, in regards mm-hmm. to the you know PTSD Institute, mm-hmm. you mentioned earlier when you did your plug um, <laughs> that you're starting uh, basically a support group. Yes. So it sounds like that's a piece that you're passionate about. Mm-hmm. It's it's that next piece. It's that I, I like to separate it using the bridges, for example, um, with the 520. On the Bellevue side, the east side, I am a sports counselor. I love working with athletes and helping them really develop that emotional side. When I cross that bridge, that's when I become a professional licensed mental health counselor who is set out to work with PTSD at its best, or should I say, at its deepest, should I say. Mm-hmm. Um, over there, I'm really developing as a professional. So it really keeps me on my toe, so to speak. So when I come back across the 520, I have more to deliver and give to athletes. And in addition to the, should I say, that rapport building and relationship that they look for at that young age. Right. Well, and the work that you're doing then on this side of the bridge mm-hmm. is preventative mm-hmm. so that she gets it. ultimately, <laughs> right, you're she not going to have to be doing this on the other side. Right. If the early I get to them, in my mind as the gold standard of player health or player safety and stuff like that. Right. The early I get to them, the better off they're going to be when they get to the next level. Because we all know, well, most athletes, <laughs> when you get to the collegiate level, you're not thinking anything other than the pros. And once you get to the pros, it's too late to think about anything else. So once you're in high school, well, when you finally get to high school, uh-huh. um, helping them develop those three things I like to call it, the identity, self-discipline, and most importantly, just motivation and belief, self-belief in yourself big. Uh-huh. Those things get the role, and that's when you see a little bit better of an athlete. Absolutely. And, you know, it doesn't matter, you know, those are things that it doesn't matter the environment that you come from. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can be coming from um, West Egg or East Egg. I'm using uh, the great Gatsby <laughs> terms, right? Mm-hmm. So um, both sides of the tracks and it doesn't matter. You may not have the emotional awareness or support. Um, you can have all the things in the world mm-hmm. and have nothing. I mean, right. you know, my kids used to come home and say like, oh, I hung out at so-and-so's house and their house was so big. It had so many rooms. And my response was always interesting. That's so many more rooms to get lost in. And, you know, and that's like, that's great. That's awesome. There's nothing. That's just a fact. It doesn't mean anything. Right. And so, you know, having those resources, talking about this piece it's important no matter how you come up. Yes. All so day. that's a huge piece. Um, okay. So tell me about these, um, the Zoom calls, these, mm-hmm. um, yeah, these, it's like, is it a workshop? Is it a, <laughs> what is it? So first off, we had to split them up into two different things. We did that for a specific reason. On one side, we have what we call the open house. You get to come in virtually, of course, mm-hmm. and get a chance to just get a feel for the room virtually, of course, mm-hmm. and get to introduce, well, we introduce ourselves to the people that are coming in, you know, light talks around counseling and the mental health, mental health process and things of that nature. And then we have what we created is uh, the PTSD uh, support groups. These individuals have either been diagnosed with PTSD or they feel like they need some type of help. Okay. And so with that support group, that's what it's there for, to help people really start to understand it 
and most importantly, educate, get education on the concept of PTSD and how it's affecting them right now. Yeah. I mean, I, I know several people mm-hmm. um, that as uh, Dr. Adler has been building the Institute, you know, I keep throwing him fish and he's like, <laughs> yes. And like, we need like full on fishermen, mm-hmm. right? And the different um, areas that you think about. I mean, the pandemic has been traumatic for yes. people. We talked about athletes. Yes. Um, obviously, um, anybody that is in uh, emergency services mm-hmm. and the situations that they go through, mm-hmm. um, you know, domestic abuse or yes. violence, like all of these different things. I mean, childhood traumas. All like, that. I mean, I did a podcast with a gal. Uh, her name is Tennyson Jacobson. Mm-hmm. Um, the podcast is called Common Ground. And... We talk about a uh, double home invasion that Mm -hmm. she survived, she and her husband. Um, However, the person that came into their home did not. Mm. And that trauma and how throughout doing this podcast, yes, that was traumatic. Mm -hmm. However, it gave her an awareness that, A, there was trauma that came before that. And that... What do you do with it? Like now, what do you do? Because everyone focuses on like, that's the story, right? People like to rubberneck mm-hmm. on tragedy. Mm-hmm. And so it's about now what are you going to do? The next step, exactly. So it How sounds like that's what you're doing with, yes. or at least trying to give people that sense that like, by the way, like what, what story after mm-hmm. the story? Mm-hmm. It's that so in some cases, the next step. And in some cases, the first step. So as long as they're saying, oh, I have a place to go to get answers, that's what it's best for. And that's what it's been in the process of being created for. So if they're getting some treatment, Mm -hmm. um, this is just another place like, okay, I'm going to use my limited knowledge of these kinds of support groups. I'm thinking like I've been to Al-Anon meetings. Mm. And so I'm thinking that, you know, you're going in or in um, Fred Claus. Mm. When have you ever seen Fred Claus? A little bit. Huh? Uh, it's very funny, and mm-hmm. it's like the brothers are yep. all going in, and they're in like you know, brothers like anonymous or something, and you know, it's a space where there's the commonality, mm-hmm. and you're sharing these types of things. Right. So, is that what you are envisioning? Mm-hmm. Is it? Um, so it's a little bit of that. It's also you, and I think there's going to be other guests and people that come in. We have presenters every week, for the most part, primarily people who have went through what we like, um, a procedure that we call CBTX. It is very helpful with people who are dealing with PTSD, and we're going to have people presenting weekly on their experiences with it. Um, One of the big areas, like you mentioned, is kind of like, it's not necessarily counseling, Mm -hmm. per se, but it is an opportunity for people to talk about PTSD. So you're not necessarily getting counseling. Okay. But you are working with a group. You are amongst people who are dealing with something similar to what you're dealing with. Okay. So. It seems like from what little I know, mm-hmm. um, similar to your area of studies and focus, that it is identifying, acknowledging, and talking about these emotions and feelings that you have. Right. And that just doing that piece can be a huge component mm-hmm. to helping um deal with your PTSD. Mm-hmm. So is PTSD, is it ever 
do you heal from it? Is it like a volume where you can turn down the volume on it? I learned this. It took me four years of extra school to learn this. All right, I'm ready. (laughs) It depends. You ready wow. Okay. It varies. It really and truly does vary. Like, are we dealing with individuals who will come back from combat? Are we dealing with the athlete who's been injured a couple times? Got it. And it's that that's a long, a wide spectrum. Right. There. Yeah. So, so there is no clear answer. No. Yeah. Okay. It so interesting. Because <laughs> uh-huh. I think of it as sort of a um a we can lower the volume. It's mm-hmm. like I I I always think of things as analogies or metaphors, and it's like a ringing in your ear, right? And at least maybe you can make it less annoying so that it uh, doesn't make your life so hellish. Right. And in this situation, we're talking about our emotions. Right. Right. <laughs> so. Right. The ringing in your ear is like mm-hmm. the feelings that you have about things. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Um, I want to make sure that you have enough time. So, <laughs> again, let people know. Right. All the information about where they can find this. Oh, um, first things first, if you want to, well, please check out the FC Psych website. It's fcpsych.com, fcpsych.com to li- really look into um, the institute, the PTSD Institute, a little bit more of uh, to learn more about Dr. Adler and myself. And, of course, we have a lovely director in Zara. She will gladly assist you and get you set up for um, the Zoom sessions. And so she's amazeballs. <laughs> Amazing. Like if yeah. we could clone What's up, Zara? her. I know, right? Oh, my gosh. Yes. I'm like, I have a little crush on Zara. Um, <laughs> like totally appropriate crush, by the way. Um, okay. So they can go there. Yes. You can also, um, the PTSD Institute uh-huh. has mm-hmm. all the information then on these open houses and yes. these support sessions. Right. And, and uh, when does the first one start? The first one is February 16th at 7 o'clock. Okay. And um, I, I'm imagining that when you go to the site and you mm-hmm. contact Zara, you mm-hmm. can get information on links and all that yes, kind of thing. Yes, exactly. Cool. Uh, and you're running these along yes, with others? Yes, I am emceeing these. So oh, look impressive. at that. If nothing <laughs> else, people, you can work on your PTSD and meet Dr. J. Anthony Smith. That'd be awesome. Right? And like... <laughs> Free is definitely worth worth the price of admission, right? She couldn't have said it better herself, people. It is free. We're looking to help as many people as we can with this. So please, show up. Eric might have to go because he's had to work with me so much. <laughs> <laughs> I think I might go. I want to check it out. I, I want to, um, you know, I think that PTSD, um, not only, I imagine, is the healing, like a mm-hmm. volume switch, however... Each person, what they consider to be trauma, mm-hmm. it's about perspective, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, the fact that my mom didn't listen to me for years, maybe that's my trauma. Okay, granted, it's really not that dramatic, but... Oh, it, hey, it, it, it is to you. It, okay. Thank you. <laughs> and that was free, I hope. Because <laughs> I will tell you that all the other years of therapy that I have done were not. Um, <laughs> thank you so much. This no was so much fun we're already out of time um i would love to have you come back on the show okay talk about football a little bit more oh, yeah. maybe i'll study up or something um <laughs> so thank you to anthony no problem it was, it was a pleasure i i 
had so much fun. Thank you, uh, Dr. Rich Adler, for allowing him to, <laughs> to come over. Um, next week, my guest is Pia Larson from Fingerprint Marketing, and she's the host of the podcast, Make Your Marketing. So thanks, Eric. Thanks to Anthony. And remember, everyone, stay connected, but not close. Thank you.